Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Just to keep in time with what we have, let's pray. Father, thank you. Because I'm anointed to teach your word Thank you because your people are anointed to receive And together our faith is built up in the person of the The knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word In Jesus mighty name we pray Amen Alright so we, we're going to look at the, the subject of going back to Bethel And um, I trust that by the spirit of God um, God will show us new things in, in, in this scripture Let's go to Genesis chapter 35 Which is the key scripture um, Genesis chapter 35 And verse 1 to 3 So uh, For those who have listened to me before By default I'll use a lot of scriptures And um, so we just get ready for that um, Genesis chapter 35 And verse 1 It says Then God said to Jacob Arise, go to Bethel And leave there and I want us to pay attention to that. Everything in scripture is important. It says, go to Bethel and I want you to live there. I want you to dwell there. Of course, we know the story of Jacob. He spent all his life running. But God wanted him to live at a particular spot. And that spot was Bethel. And make an altar there to God. Who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household, to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods which are among you and purify yourself and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel and I'll make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. And, and when we study the life of Jacob, we know particularly that God had a purpose for him. And because, you know, God was walking through the covenant he had with Abraham, Isaac, and up all to Jacob. Now, let's go to Genesis 28 and look at that particular account. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, where Jacob had the encounter in Bethel. Genesis, Genesis 28, verse 10. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and laid down in that place. He had a dream and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And this is very important because this verse of scripture unlocks to us in today's terms what Bethel is. This very verse of scripture. The ladder that was set up on the earth, reaching heaven. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The land which you lie, I'll give it to you and to your descendants. Verse 14. 
Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth. You would spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in, in, in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now pay attention to this. You realize that what the Lord said to Jacob in verse 13 and verse 14 was very similar or it's almost the same thing that God said to Abraham uh, when, he, when he spoke to him about the promise. Okay, verse 15 says, Behold, I'm with you and I'll keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land, which land was the Bethel land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised to you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and suddenly said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. He was so afraid and he said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than what? Than the house of God. We need to pay attention to that. And this is the gate of heaven. We need to pay attention to that. And then he says, So Jacob arose early in the morning, took stones, he had put under his head and set up as a pillar and poured oil on it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. So we find out that Jacob had an encounter with God in this place. And the encounter, it's, it's, it's very strong. The encounter was the fact that the heavens were opened. Alright? And then there was this ladder and the angels were descending and ascending. Now, it's very important that as Christians, when we read the scriptures, we understand the scriptures from the light of the scriptures. Meaning that, for instance, when we go to the Old Testament, we understand the Old Testament in the light of today, in the light of the New Testament. So, I'm going to read two passages and then we're going to come back and build up from here. So, first of all, let's go to Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. Let's see what Jesus says here and then we will pick up from the ladder. Luke 24 44. Right. Now, you remember the story. Jesus had resurrected, met the, the, the disciples. Verse 44. Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things, we pay attention to that, all things which are written about me in the law of Moses, the prophet, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So, Jesus says, when we look at the law of Moses, when we look at the Psalms, when we look at the prophets, that everything, alright, was written about him. Thank you. Everything was written about him. And it's very important, because when we talk about going back to Bethel, we cannot see it from the lens of, of the natural experience of Jacob. We've got to see it from the lens of Christ. Genesis to Revelation, it's an explanation of the person of Jesus and the redemptive work of God to the believers. And that is very important. That's very important. So he said, verse 45, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So Jesus actually looked at the whole of the Old Testament, which is the law of Moses, the prophet and the Psalms, and says, everything in this place was written about me. Okay? Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Verse 46 now says, And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead 
on the third day. Now, why did I read this scripture? I read this scripture because it's important for us to understand that when we say going back to Bethel, we're not, we're not saying it from, uh, from, uh, from the natural experiences that Jacob had. But we're looking at it from, from the lens of Christ. Now, how do, we, how, do we, how do we interpret that? Or how do we come into that place of saying, okay, fine, this is Bethel. This is what it means for the believer today to go back to Bethel. It's for us to understand that the scripture interprets the scriptures. Okay? So we've read what Bethel is, which is Genesis chapter 28. The definition of Bethel means the house of God. Alright? And the reason it was called the house of God was because of that experience. Now, Jesus himself picks up on this verse. So let's go to John chapter 1 now. So we, 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 we go to John chapter 1. Let's go to John chapter 1 and let's read verse 51. John chapter 1 and verse 51. John 1 51. Okay, so if we read, I mean, you know the story. Um, John chapter 1 verse 45. Um, Nathaniel came, Philip and the rest and Jesus spoke. Now, in verse 50, Jesus said, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than this. Now, in verse 51, Jesus said something very powerful. And he said to him, Truly, truly, that's verily, surely, I'm saying to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So, in John chapter 1, and verse 50 to 51, Jesus gives a definition to what Bethel is. That Bethel is the place of the open heavens where the Son of Man is, Jesus Christ. And so, if we, if we look at the promises that God made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, which is the promises that through him shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, now, if we want to look at it from just our own perspective, I mean, it speaks of material blessings, and we, we're going to be blessed. Through us, everybody in the world is going to be blessed. But, I mean, if you look at it from the context of the scripture, it's essentially talking about salvation. That through the Abrahamic covenant, the gospel is going to come to all men. And that Jesus there, because John chapter 1 verse 51 tells us that, that the heavens will be open and the angels are going to ascend and descend on the Son of Man. So we know that the ladder that Jacob saw, the experience that Jacob saw, actually was fulfilled in Christ. And that is very important. That is very important because the promises of God, they are yes and amen in Christ. The promises that God made to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob are fulfilled in Christ. It might look very foundational but it's very important because... We, 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 have we, have, we have come to almost an age and a day where the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is almost accounted for as nothing in, in the body of Christ. It's almost like Jesus didn't pay enough price. Okay, We have to do a bit more. And, and what that does is that it, it constantly puts the believer in a place where he's constantly needing help. So for instance... A believer who is constantly, should constantly operate under an open heaven, 
develops a mindset that the heavens over him are closed. But we know from John chapter 1 verse 51 that the heavens over the believer is open because that's the Son of Man. Jesus Christ has accomplished that for us. And faith in that would make us to work in the possibilities that are in that dimension. And so I believe very strongly tonight, I mean, uh, I had a bit of struggle trying to find exactly what the Spirit of God will have me say, but I'm sure that one of the things that God will have me just call everybody back to is to the foundation of the Christian faith, which is simply who we are in Christ. Jacob was running from all of these things. Jacob was, I mean, just <laughs> running here, trying to get this thing done, trying to get this thing done. And God had to, God had to pause him. God had to say, come on, guy, go back to Bethel. Go back to where... I had that encounter with you. Go back to that place that is the house of God. And I believe very strongly tonight that one of the reasons God has gathered us tonight in the midst of everything going on around our world is to feed again on who we are in Christ. We, we have to feed our mind again on it. We have to, to go back to that place and open the scriptures again and allow the Bible speak to us exactly what is in the word. Not what we want to hear, not what we feel like we should hear, not even what our experiences is dictating to us. Because in the midst of all the wilderness experience that Jacob was having, in the midst of all the, you know, brother pursue him and all of that, he rested his head on the stone. And we know what that stone represents, the chief cornerstone, rested his head on the chief cornerstone, rested his head on Christ. And now, there was an open heaven. And when the heavens were open, the assurance, and that's important, the assurance of the promise that God made to Abraham came to him in his heart, personally. Personally. He had the revelation of Christ that nobody in his generation ever had. I mean, Abraham just had the promises and the words spoken to him. But here is Jacob seeing God manifest in the wilderness, speaking to his heart. And I believe that that's something God wants, wants everybody, all of us to come into. That place of personal work and personal assurance where Christ reveals himself to us and we return back to the basis of understanding who we are in Christ and walking in the reality of it. Now, I'll say this here. I'll say this here. To go back to Bethel simply means we return to the ultimate message of who we are in Christ. Not generational curses, not what the devil is trying to do, not what people are trying to do to our destiny. Those are distractions. We feed our faith on the open heavens. We feed our faith on what Jesus came to accomplish. From Genesis to Revelation, it's about the fulfillment of the promise of redemption. And once again, I, I mean sincerely, with a deep passion in my heart, once again, believers need to feed themselves in the truth of who they are in Christ. Now, if you go to First uh, Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, we know that Bethel means the house of God. First Corinthians chapter, six, chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God 
and that the Spirit of God lives in you. It looks simple, but Paul had to remind them. Listen guys, you're the house of God. (laughs) It's not anything external. It's not the things out there. You, we all together, we've been built up as the house of God. And the Spirit of God lives in us. I mean, when we talk today, most times we don't talk like the Spirit of God lives in us. We don't talk like we are the house of God. We talk like every other person out there. We talk like everything out there is going to have such a massive effect in our lives. We don't talk like Christ has paid the price for our redemption, our salvation, our security, and our healing. All of these things are things that accompany salvation. Now, I'll show you this now. In Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6, Philemon 1 6, Philemon 1 6, it says, I pray, and I pray that the fellowship of your faith, the King James will say the communication of your faith, or the Amplified will say the partnership of your faith, may become effective, observe this please, may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ. He says, how is our faith going to be effective? It's going to be effective as we remember, as we acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ. The child of God has good things in him. The child of God has amazing, tremendous things that have come through redemption that we constantly need to feed ourselves in. And and you know what? Every time the Lord called Jacob back to Bethel, it's the same way I'm calling every one of us tonight to go back and feed on the basics of the scriptures again. Go back and feed on who you are in Christ. Go back and feed until faith rises up within you. Until your conversation and your communication reflects your faith. You know, it's amazing today. It's really amazing sometimes. <laughs> There's actually absolutely sometimes no difference between who a child of God is and who a child of God is not. Because our communication is the same. Our fear is the same. Our expectations are the same. And I believe that God is calling us back to that place of communion with the Father. And God is calling us back to that place of communion with Him. Where we feed again on Jesus who is that ladder that angels are descending and ascending on? We take our time to feed on the scriptures. We take our time to feed on who we are in Christ. We feed our faith on the realities of the new creation. On the realities of the new creation. He says, he says I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 2. I'll show you something there. What Paul said. Colossians chapter 2. And um, we, we look at verse 1. And I'll show you something there. Colossians chapter 2. And verse 1 and 2. Look at what Paul says. But I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are Ladesha and for those who have not personally seen my face. Now look at verse 2 and pay attention to this. Verse 2, it says, That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love. 
and attaining to all the wealth. Look at this. All the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding. There is a wealth that comes from the assurance of understanding. That, that's like, <laughs> it's, it's like saying that you have an understanding of redemption and it actually makes you feel wealthy. There's, there's, there's a, there, there are tremendous treasures that are locked up in the truth of redemption. That Paul says, listen, I want you to, to come to that attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. Paul says, I want you to come to this place. I want to come to this whole treasure of wealth, this understanding, the full assurance of the understanding resulting in the true knowledge of God, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What was Paul trying to push to the saints in Colossae? He was trying to tell them, that, listen, there is, there is this whole thing that's big on the mind of God. It's the redemption of man. It's salvation. It's bringing... The scripture says these are the things that even the prophets and the angels, they try to look into but they have no clue about. And he says, listen, I want you to come to that place where you understand that this thing is treasure. That all the treasures of, of God, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in the person of Jesus. And the, the truth of the matter is, as believers, I believe that this is something very fundamental that God is calling every one of us back to. To feed ourselves again in this thing called redemption. Feed our faith again in who we are in Christ. I mean, one of the, our brothers that was praying today made reference to scripture. We've been made kings and priests on the earth, you know, to rule on the earth. Very interesting scripture. But how does our conversation sound like we're priests? How does our prayer, I mean, sometimes even when you scrutinize our prayer points and look at the things we pray about in line with the scriptures, how, I mean, I mean, there's no, probably no sense of governance in that. And that's why the, the emphasis of Paul every time he prayed, we're going to look at that in Ephesians chapter 1, was that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened, that we may know, that we may know, that we may know this whole thing that Christ has achieved for us on the cross. That we come to the reality of our divine healing in Christ. We come to the, the reality of the authority that the body of Christ has. We come to the place of understanding who we are in Christ. Now, let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 6. Let's look at some of these things. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Ephesians 2 6, if we want to read from verse 4 to 6, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. Look at verse 6. And raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's our position. That's where we're seated. The believer is no longer strongly under a closed heaven. The believer is no longer trying to open the heavens. It is open. That's where we're seated. That's what Christ has achieved for us. We've got to have faith in this. We've got to speak this. We've got to confess this. We've got to act on this. 
And it's very important because, you know, when we talk about, um, when we talk about the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's go to Galatians. Let me show you something there first. Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3. How does those promises relate to us today? Look at Galatians chapter 3. It says, uh, let's, let's start reading from verse 8. Because many times we, we, we need to really understand the, the sacrifice of Jesus and the promises he made to Abraham. Okay, the promises he made to Abraham were a foretaste of the promises we have entered into today. And that's also the promise that God was speaking to Jacob about. When he talked about the inheritance of the land, it was a type of what we are to inherit today. So let's go to Genesis, uh, Galatians chapter 3, sorry, verse 8 to 14. It says, The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, Look at that line. All the nations will be blessed in you. If you look at what we read in Genesis chapter 28, that was the same word God told Jacob. So we understand that when the Bible says, In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed, Paul clearly says that this was the gospel that God foreseen that people are going to be justified in Abraham, preached to Abraham. So we know what the blessing of Abraham is. Okay, we know what the blessing of Abraham is. And that's what... Um, and that's what God was reminding Jacob of. I want you to go back to that place. There is a covenant I've made with your father. There is something I'm working in your lineage. It's not just about what you got from the house of Laban. It's not just about your wives and your children. Your being in this family, it's part of a plan. There is a master plan. And, and it's the master plan of redemption. So I need you to go back to that place so you can understand that what you're working on is a, is a total package. And for us, even as Christians, it's something we need to remind ourselves of today. Listen, we're here because God loves us. We're here, we're saved because He died for us, because He saved us. And we can't just all be carried away in our Christian faith about what we can get from Him or what we can just use the Scriptures to get. There's a bigger plan. I mean, there's a bigger plan than more increase. There's a bigger plan than more money. There's a bigger plan than appearing in Forbes, you know, magazine. The big plan of God on the earth is redemption. And if we're going back to Bethel, it means we're going back to that place where God enacted the covenant with our fathers, and it's a straight covenant. It's the covenant of the ultimate plan of God, that through us, the whole nations of the earth will be blessed. And this is not just about setting up orphanages and setting up go-to-school programs and fantastic initiatives. We all have that. We should all do that. Those are acts of mercy. This is not just about that. This is about the total plan of God, knowing who we are in Christ and being bold enough to reflect that message in our conversation, in our communication, in up a lot on our social media, and even in reaching others with the glorious gospel of the person of Jesus. So let's just read here so I can... I can, I can wrap this up. Verse 9. So then, those who are of faith, talking about us, are blessed with Abraham, the believer. So the believer is blessed. You are blessed. You're not trying to get blessed. You are blessed. And you need to feed on this. You see, we, we need to feed on this until that whole thing about the devil trying to get us generational curses and some of all of these things we have out there that, you know, we should show them away and feed on what the, the gospel says. It says, we are blessed. 
praise God. He says, so then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. Verse 10, for as many as of the works of the law and all that the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the Lord to perform them. Verse 11, now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. We live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in what Jesus has accomplished for us. Verse 12. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Verse 13. I like this. I like this. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ redeemed us. I mean, I know we, we read this all the time in our churches, but we need to feed on it. We need to go back to it. We need to feed on it. Listen, we are the redeemed of the Lord. We're not the ones under curses. We're not the ones that somebody's trying to curse. We're not the ones somebody's trying to kill. We are the redeemed of the Lord. That's the covenant. This is what God is trying to achieve. To show for the people on the earth that walk in the fullness of their redemptive status. It says, For Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, verse 14, in order that in Christ Jesus, remember the ladder, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through faith. This is what God is trying to communicate to the body of believers. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Christ has done so much for us in, on the cross. We have to have faith in what Jesus did. We've got to have more faith in Christ than the devil. We've got to have more faith in Christ than the sickness. We've got to have more faith in Christ than whatever is going on. Our experience must not shape our expectation. I'll repeat that again. Our experience must not shape our expectation. If anything should shape the expectation of a child of God, it should be the written word of God. Glory to God. It should be the written word of God. God's word must have preeminence in our hearts. And just as God reminded Jacob to go to Bethel, I mean, I'm reminding everyone this, this, this morning, feed on the word. Go back to those new creation realities. Feed on the truths of salvation again. Know who you are in Christ. Take up your place in Christ and exercise that authority. Praise God. Now, let's, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, the New Living Translation, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. I want you to pay attention to that. We are united with Christ. Christ lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We need to be conscious of that. We need to be conscious of that. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. We are people of authority. We're not victims. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not somebody out there, you know, trying to hide from the devil. We're not, we're not somebody out there so scared of going back to the village because of what the enemy is going to do to us. Come on, come on. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We're the redeemed and we need to. Because, you know, I'll tell you something, right? Gradually, the body of Christ is, is, is drifting. I mean, it's drifting, it's drifting, it's drifting. And that's massive for us, right? Because we're drifting into all this whole thing of, of getting, you know, 
everything has to be external. Even our own blessings have to be rated by what we have externally and all of that. And, and I mean, and it's very simple. If we don't feed on the truth of who we are in Christ, listen carefully to me, you will take your identity from this world. And before you know, you know one of the things that Jacob had to do? He told his household, separate yourself from the foreign gods. Let's, let's, let's purify our garments. Let's get back to Bethel. And you know what John, the beloved, said to the saints? He says, little children, keep yourself from idols. What's, 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 what's idols? I mean, I don't believe any of us at this stage will go and carve something, you know, in our house and worship. No. What, what's idol? Whatever takes the place of God in our hearts. Whatever. The money, locations, whatever, whatever. The sinfulness of riches, whatever takes the place of God. Whatever takes the place of God that we don't consider our salvation as precious. Whatever takes the place of God in our heart that we can compromise our faith for. That's an idol. And John says, little children, separate yourself from idol. And one of, one of the things that God is calling us back to is radical commitment to the truth of the gospel. Radical commitment to the truth of who we are in Christ Jesus. Living the truth of the word of God. And this is not just all about religion. This is about finding true faith in Christ. And it builds your assurance. It builds your confession. It detects everything you have to do. So I, 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 I'll go through this quickly. Um, Ephesians 3, 6. Let me show you something here again. Ephesians 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 6. And then I'll, I'll go back to something and I will see how the Lord leads us. Ephesians 3, 6. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. The riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. 1 John chapter 4 verse 13 says, By this we know that we remain in Him and He in us because He has given to us of His Spirit. You see, the more we feed on these truths, the more we understand who we are in Christ. I mean, imagine getting up in the morning and so being so conscious that Christ is in you. That He has filled you with His Spirit. Some of your fears will disappear. Some of your fears will disappear. Now, I, I want to read something. Uh, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Alright? I'll be done in like 8 minutes thereabouts. Ephesians chapter 1. And, um, praise God. <laughs> Alright, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse... Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. Beautiful scripture. Alright? Let's look at... We're going to read. It's a long reading, but just follow me. I mean, it's the word of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed you? Past tense. Feed on it. Blessed. 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 There's no room for generational curses. You can't find it in scriptures. You can find it on pulpits. You can't find it in scriptures. Your experience might make you look like you have a generational curse. Then feed on this truth. Feed on the redemptive truth. Get back to this scripture. Feed on it. Open your... Open your Bibles, read it, speak it, feed on it, feed on it, feed on it, until the truth of Christ grows in your heart. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that will be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, by the kind intention of God's will. I'm a son of God. 
Nothing on this earth validates my sonship except the love of Jesus. Nothing on this earth validates my sonship except the sacrifice of Jesus. Praise God. Then he says, to the praise and glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Now, let's go to verse uh, 13. In him, you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel, what's the message of the truth? The gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. For this reason, look at what it says. I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who exists among you, and your love, I'll talk about this, and your love for all the saints, your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you while making mention of you in prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him I pray look at Paul's prayer that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of his of the glory of his inheritance in the saints God has an inheritance in us there's something in us that God is after Representing him 100%. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? The surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. This is in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Far above. All rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. It says, the name of Jesus has been exalted. Glory to God. And we sit with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. We're not the ones running away from the devil. A thousand times, no. We're not the ones trying to... I, I don't... But we're not the ones... Running and hiding and scared of the enemy. Praise God. You know, it's amazing how many times we get into a church. We can't have a full service without mentioning the devil. You know, sometimes it can be embarrassing, right? The devil must always show up somehow. Either when we pray, we have to thank God for saving us from the hands of the devil. Or when we share testimonies or when we sing our songs. You know, somehow we must put the devil in somewhere. He must show up. Because we, sometimes we don't understand the greatness of God until we try to use the devil as a backdrop. And it's because most times the truths of redemption have not flooded our heart. He said, the authority we have is far above principalities and powers and every name that is named on this earth. And it should come. I mean, we should feed on these truths again. I challenge you today. I mean, I challenge you. And I really challenge you. For the next 30 days, study Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 1 to verse 23. Read it. Pray it. Speak it. Read it. Pray it. Speak it. Something will happen to your faith. Something will happen to your faith. It says, and he put all things in subjection under his feet. Under the feet of who? Jesus. Who is the feet? 
the church, we're the body of Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. We are the ones who carry the gospel with the feet of, with the feet of Christ. Okay? And gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all things. We are the ones that exercise authority. And I believe that, I mean, particularly prophetically this night, God is calling us back to the truths of who we are in Christ Jesus. God is calling us back to feed. I mean, enough of religion. Enough of, you know, Paul said that in Galatians chapter 3 verse 3. I mean, oh foolish Galatians, what do you wish to? What you started in the spirit, you want to finish in the flesh. Look at how easy it was for you to get saved. How easy it was. Faith in the finished work of Christ. Confessing Jesus. Enjoying the fellowship of the Spirit. And then you get in. Mix all these whole things with religion. And before you know, I mean, it's like you're trying to do this, trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to do that, trying to do this. And this whole baggage. And it's almost becoming like Christianity is almost becoming burdensome. Because you're trying to do something. Or you're trying to get something from God. Right? If you don't do this, then God is not going to give you this. If you don't do this, God is not going to respond to you this way. If you don't do this, God... And you, you, you're almost asking yourself, like, do I have to now sacrifice myself for God to be pleased? Of course, there is the works that comes with faith. Of course, when we believe God, we act on the word. But if we feel and acknowledge every good thing in us, the Holy Ghost on our inside will lead us on exactly what to do, what to say, where to go, what to believe. The truths that are hidden in scriptures. Now, lastly... The next uh, five minutes. One of the things that God wants us to return to. And I want to, I want to just share this. One of the things that God wants us to return to. I'm just going to give you the scriptures. okay? One of the basic things God wants us to return to. Is our love work. Our love work. I mean if we look at our lives. We must return to the place of love. The new commandment. That God gave to us. Is that we love one another. And I know I'm going to deal with a bit of things here. But I mean it's the word of God. You can go check it out. First of all, Matthew 5.44 Christians need to believe this Need to practice it Matthew 5.44 But I tell you, love your enemies Pray for those who persecute you Listen, this is the foundation of a Christian faith If we love only those who love us And we hate those who hate us We need to get back to better we need to get back to better. I've had to, in recent times, and I, and I say this as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I've had to, in recent, recent times, be very loud to members of our local assembly and to believers everywhere that will care to listen. Some of these motivational quotes we are sharing that are subtle hatreds, they're not the word of God. I will only love those who love me if you don't love me, I'm not going to love you. And that's my decision for 2021. Go back to Bethel. The believer, listen, the believer loves their enemies. Jesus said it clearly. If you only love those who love you, I mean, how will men know that you're saved? These are foundational, listen, I mean, I'm not sharing anything big. These are foundational truths of the Christian faith. Somebody say, yeah, but I had a bad experience. No. <laughs> he says, pray for, not pray against, not pray against, pray for those who persecute you. Pray for, not against. Pray for, not against. We have example in scriptures. Stephen, we have example in scriptures. Um, um, Jesus, I mean, a couple of examples in scriptures. Okay? John fifteen twelve. 
John 15, 12. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. It, it's love one another as Jesus loves us. And that's incredible, unconditional love. So when we say go back to better, we're saying return to the foundational principles of the Christian faith. John 15, 17. This is my command to you. Love one another. And I want you to check your love work tonight. Check your love work. Very important. Romans 12, 10. Let's read this. Some of the foundational things we need to return to. You know, Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Outdo yourselves in honoring one another. Consider that. Consider that. Outdo yourself in honoring one another. It didn't say, outdo yourself in suspecting one another who your destiny killer is, who is going to hurt you. No, it says, outdo yourself in honoring one another. Outdo yourself in showing brotherly love. Love never fails. If we walk in love, our faith will never fail. Because faith works by love. Romans 13, 8. Be indebted to no one except to one another in love. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. He who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. If there's anything we need to return back to, it's our love work. It's our love work. Romans 13.10 Love does no wrong to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. I want to challenge you tonight. We, we need to return back to the basics of the Christian faith. Alright? And, and, and I'm glad some of you, I mean, most of us in the forum tonight will be people who accepted the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ quite early in life. And so we understand some of these things I'm sharing. We cannot change a world we are in love with. We cannot change a world we are in competition with. We cannot change a world we are trying to impress. We're here on a mandate. We're here with a call on our lives. And this is not about religion. This is not about a message that is trending. This is not about a practice that is producing results. This is about the truth of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus had said, God had said, in Abraham shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And he had to return Jacob back to that covenant. And today God is calling us back to that covenant. That the one covenant in the mind of God that he brought about through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary is that through Christ all the families of the earth will be blessed. And that is the message of redemption. We need to feed our faith on who we are in Christ again. And as we are able to comprehend and understand the love of God, it will be easy for the love of God to flow from us and through us into our neighbors, to one another, and to our brothers. And then we can see the love of God flow through us to our enemies. May God bless you. May He cause His face to shine upon you. And may He give you peace. Thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to share God's word with you. I trust that you've been blessed and I trust that uh, the things I couldn't cover, the Holy Spirit himself will teach and will grant you understanding. God bless you. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.